0: Welcome back, everyday business leaders. I'm Melanie Ake, your host for today's show, coming to you from JP the Geek Studio right here in Greenwood, Indiana. I'm thrilled to have you with us today because we're talking about mental health with Jonathan Wade from Connection Cafe. Join me as we connect and celebrate remarkable business leaders from our very own community who are redefining the way we think and grow. Remember, subscribe to our channel and turn notifications on so you never Miss an episode. Are you ready to meet Jonathan? I am. Let's go. Hi, John. Well, hello. <laughs> I am really excited that you're here. I, I pulled you in through a connection. Don't we love connections? We do love connections. That your wife, I had worked with her when she was at a previous employer and did some work on training and team development. And then I realized that she was actually connected to you. And I wanted to know your story because you're making an impact in our local community. Ho- ho- hopefully, making yes. An impact. <laughs> yeah. hopefully. Yes, you are. Yeah.
1: So ho- hopefully that's the, uh, that's the, I guess, the... Uh, the word, hopefully, um, making an impact.
0: You are, absolutely. So tell us about where you are currently and what your role is.
1: Uh, Okay, so I'm actually, uh, so I live in Indiana, but I work in Illinois. Um, So I'm from a small town right outside of Danville, Illinois. Um, I teach at a uh, two-year junior liberal arts college in Danville uh, in the behavioral science department. Um, So I've been teaching there for like forever. I I think I, I started teaching my first class in 2011, so it's I think I was like 28, which is crazy that now I'm in my 40s, but <laughs> it's good, so uh, I love it. Um, I've been there uh, full-time since 2018. Um, prior to that, I worked in uh, mental health, uh, worked with um, families in the child welfare system, worked with kids, juvenile um s- and uh, the probation system, um, did a lot of advocacy work, uh, Worked did some uh, some consulting stuff, uh, worked with some school systems, some kids in school systems. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've kind of been around everywhere, uh, just kind of bouncing around. But um, my uh, my calling, I guess, would have been to, to teach. So I've uh, kind of fell in love with that early on and have been very uh, blessed and fortunate that I get paid to talk about stuff.
0: You followed your passion. Yeah, right? yeah. So I guess,
1: I guess that's, I guess I say I followed my passion, but I think uh, it was um, the right people in the right time and the right place in my life. And I think it just, it worked out the way it was supposed to. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so that's the way, it's my day job. And then um, inside that job, uh, one of the things that got us connected, um, so about... Four years ago, um, early early onset of the COVID um, pandemic. Um, being in education, I was sent home for um, uh, which was supposed to be two weeks. Ended up being like two two years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I spent a lot of time in my basement, which mm-hmm. is more time than <laughs> not anyone a good thing,
0: right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, So I'm extroverted. So it's like I'm just like in my basement on Zoom, um, and. Um, early on in COVID, I had kind of realized that. Um, so my area, uh, my background, um, is more in the social sciences, so uh, sociology, social psychology. Um, that there was going to be a lasting impact. Mm-hmm. That we were, there were things happening to us as as individuals, uh, being isolated, being you know, I mean, you basically turned off a country, um, and I was very worried early on about what happens when you take relational beings and you separate them from relationships. Um, And especially with people who may um, be dealing with or struggling with mental health, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, what happens when you take a group of people that are prone to isolation and you isolate them? Um, We shut down a lot of mental health agencies hospitals, uh, access to treatment, um, all these, you know, things shut down. And so early on, I was like, well, when all this opens back up, how are we going to um, bring people back together? Mm -hmm. And um, I love coffee, and I love talking, (laughs) and I love teaching. (laughs) And so uh, I like to think of it as I applied a old wisdom in a new way. um, And that How could we creatively create a space for people to come together and talk about mental health and wellness in a non-threatening kind of way? And people love coffee shops. And so I decided to create a uh, a free coffee shop Mm -hmm. at my school. Um,
0: called The Connection Cafe. Called The Connection Cafe.
1: Uh, well, at my school, I, it was going to be for my school, but it started in my backyard um, is where I began the early concept. Of, um, and it's kind of morphed into much bigger than I initially thought it would. Uh, we started off with, um, you know, just hoping to do, you know, some small meetings and having people come in. um, And I think last year um, through September or May 2022 to September um, 2023, uh, I think we presented to over probably 800 people um, from the community that came in. Um, talked about a variety of mental health topics. Um, bigger
0: than your backyard, right? Bigger than
1: my backyard, yeah. which is where it started, you know, build it and they will come kind of thing. But that's the um, thing.
0: All great ideas start on a napkin, right? Yes, that's what they, say. they do.
1: Yeah. Uh, and I uh, going back, I mean, I was very fortunate that um, I have a very tolerant wife who lets <laughs> me. Um, I don't know if she lets me, but she um, allows me to come up with these Crazy ideas. Um, And then I also, it doesn't help that my boss and my school is equally willing to indulge me in my um, (laughs) flights of fancy, I guess. (laughs) But you know Uh, that
0: you get inspired, right? You see something that needs to be solved. And so it's like there's got to be a way for us to do something that's different. And I think your background in all of those areas from mental health to probation to teaching. And really identifying that if people don't get this out, being an extrovert, I would say I'm an introvert, which people go, no, you're not. I'm like, yes, I am. (laughs) But being an extrovert, especially you go, I can't sit here. I'm not going to sit here on Zoom for two years. And, and be isolated from that. So you really pushed on to say, we have to find better ways to do this.
1: Yeah, I, I, you make it sound so much better <laughs> than <that. laughs> mine was.
0: It's taking the action step, it, though. It, People it, could have ideas all day long.
1: Yeah, I think there was a, um, you know, going back to, yes, my personality. Um, you know, Cassie, uh, my, my beautiful lovely wife you know she was going to work every day she was in a job that you know they you know they weren't um she was an essential worker so they were going to work every day and um and then my daughter was going to school every day and i was doing lectures on zoom um which i'm pretty sure no one I, I, the majority of students i think that showed up like logged on and then just went back to bed mm-hmm. And early on, I realized that I was just spending a lot of time alone and especially dealing with some of my own mental health issues, this was not a good time for me. And so it was kind of twofold. One was I needed to do something, I needed something to distract me. Um, But also two is I didn't want to come back to um, school with I wanted some way to figure out how to take the distraction that I needed to create something positive versus me just kind of tinkering in the backyard, as my um, lovely wife would say. (laughs) Um, And, you know, it's really kind of been a process of I didn't really know what I was doing. I just knew I was doing something. Mm-hmm. and You were moving it
0: forward, though. I was moving something
1: forward. Right. I, I, the idea was to um, create that conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't necessarily know how I was going to create the conversation. Um, and I think the first event I, I held... Um I think the title was like, you know, uh, breaking this uh, breaking stigma or something and I was terrified that no one was going to show up. Mm-hmm. And so I had my big beautiful cafe um <laughs> and we had sent and I think we ended up having about 85 uh, people show up mm-hmm. and then uh, local providers showed up and that was really um getting um mental health professionals uh on board. I think is really um was most key. I think when I started, if we, I mean, you're talking to, you know, leadership and management and we can kind of speak a little to that. And, um, I think at the, I've always been a grassroots kind of person. I think that things are best when they start at the bottom, um, you know, kind of bottom up change. And so the idea was if I can create enough ruckus, (laughs) at the foundation that, um, other people will, um, you know, kind of see the inherent value and Mm -hmm. want to be a part of that. Um, and that's really been the most surprising of who has wanted to join. Mm -hmm. And, um, for about the first seven or eight months, I had students that were working it for free, volunteering, you know, making the coffee, um, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I had local professionals that were willing to come in and teach and train. And um, and so it was just, and then we got culinary involved at the college. And we got the, the um, computer people and the marketing people and advising involved. And we've gotten some endowments. So we've got some community donor funding. And how
0: long uh, have you been doing this?
1: Uh, I think for...
0: Four, three?
1: Three. Three I think about two years we've, about 2022, I think, is when we went back to campus. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's really when we started. I think my first presentation was in May of 2022. Um, So we had just gotten back for that spring semester. But
0: here's the thing, right? You talk about it like it wasn't that big of a deal. We just did this. But having 85 people show up, having an idea, saying all these people that really need to be a part of it they felt your heart because it was authentic to what you needed as well to heal. And so these people responded and now it's turned into something that really the community is embracing.
1: Yes. They, I think that there is um, definitely a, um, I think people are understanding it. Mm -hmm. I think
0: the. the, A, because it's different. It is different. Um, And they can, they can identify with like, I don't have to really show I can show up to support someone else I can show up to either just listen right yeah. I can show up to share I can show up for coffee
1: yes yes right? so all those th- yes all of those things are there but I think it's I I think there has been I think the reason that this has been successful is it's Yes, it is different. You have this random professor just making lattes and giving coffee away for free. Um, and that's been the other thing. We've been very fortunate. I think we've done 12 or 13 events and we've never had to charge anyone anything. Um, so the people who do attend, um, you know, have been willing to donate. Um you know, money. Um, like I said, my wife is, I started Uber driving. That's actually initially how I paid for it is I started Uber driving during COVID, which was also a unique experience. Um, so I, you know, I drove a Lyft, I drove an Uber, um, I sold my record collection. Like, so there was like all kinds of just random things. Um, I was kind of like a dog, like chasing a car. Um, and then we're like all right well let's do something um, formally Um, and then I think last year um, I presented on it uh, at a conference uh, last year and um, you know everyone that was in the conference at least the the presentation were like oh what are you going to do with it next and my, um, uh, my boss was there and then The uh, vice president of student affairs, Dr. Bridges was there, and Dr. Penny were there. And I'm like, I am not organized. I am not an organized person. Like, I am just doing things. You're
0: just the idea guy. Yeah, I'm
1: like, I'm just doing things. And at some point, someone is going to have to step in and help me kind of uh, organize it, arrange it. Um, So I started so now I have some more people that are much more suited for kind of the strategic day-to-day stuff. So I've kind of been stepping a little bit. I just want to make coffee and then talk to people about mental health. Like I I don't really necessarily know like how to, you know, organize it and promote it and get people to, you know, Contribute. Um, And so it's really, I've been very fortunate. I think the presentation I did was actually, I think it was called A Professor and Friends. And I've really been blessed with colleagues who have been willing to entertain these ideas Mm -hmm. um, and participate in these. Uh, The video I'd sent you, like um, uh, the, the presentations were called Coffee. Coffee, cake, and conversation, I think was the name. And Mm -hmm. so, uh, you know, Don, a colleague of mine, um, and then uh, Dana, another colleague of mine who runs the culinary department, and then Don, who works in advising, you know, they made cupcakes for everyone. Mm And, you know, so everyone kind of gave a little bit to kind of really kind of make this thing kind of um, grow. Mm -hmm. Um, We're currently planning on next fall holding our first like, official mental health conference so that's that's kind of a big project Um, but it's
0: you know it's that one step to get the word out to say this is how it's impacted the community and so from there it really inspires other other people that say I have an idea like that to give them permission to go well maybe you have the idea maybe you're the one that follows through to say "Ah, I want to help either get donors I want to help get people there they know people in the community that need to be a part of it yeah. um that's how it starts and the step of taking the action gives you the clarity right i, I don't i don't know until I take i'm still step. waiting
1: on clarity like i'm <laughs> i'm still waiting on i you know and it's it's hard because I.
0: <sighs> hi i'm melanie yake founder of everyday leaders and i'm excited to share with you a new training resource for your team called the leadership game the Leadership Game is a tool. It's administered exclusively by John Maxwell team members. And when you bring this assessment tool into lead your organization, it shows you the current level of your leadership and gives you tangible and actionable results to move forward. So don't delay, get in the game. The Leadership Game, exclusively from Everyday Leaders.
1: So I initially started with the idea. I think when I first decided I was going to do something, I think I had presented this to um, a couple community members, um, part of some groups I was a part of. And I remember saying, like, you know, if it, no one wants to do it, then I'll just, you know, I'll do it in my office. Mm-hmm. I'll build it. I'll just build it in my office, which I ended up doing. Uh, there's a couple of pictures that I sent where it's like that's my office, where I'm, like, putting this, like, machine and cart together. And, you know, I think it's um, – the hope is that, yes, that it inspires people to, you know, you can have a connection cafe anywhere, Mm -hmm. you know, you need a pot of coffee, you can have a McDonald's, you can have it anywhere. And I think that's a a normalizing, you know, normalizing the conversation, but also, you know, you can have this at your kitchen table, you can have this in your office, you can have this at your board meeting. Um, Because I think a lot of the a lot of the problems that we're having now is we're not talking about the things that we need to talk about. And it's, it's almost like we have to kind of, I don't want to say like trick people, but we almost have to like, like, all right, let's set up all the pieces so we can have these con- well, it's conversations. A safe space, right? It's a yeah. safe
0: space because people are just now starting to come out. I mean, the suicide rate, the, the drug rate, all of these things have, have increased, yeah, yeah, COVID. I think
1: uh 2022 was the uh, historical high mm-hmm. um of suicides in the US mm-hmm. um, as long as they've been keeping track of them. Mm-hmm. And um and you know though and, and those have obviously had those problems have been here. Um
0: But but the trigger, right? It's the trigger that triggered you to go, "We need to maybe do this a little bit better."
1: Yeah, yeah. That, and that was I think I think early on I was concerned with the numbers in, you know, Mm -hmm. pre-COVID and, you know, going back to the impact is, you know, we're now, you know, three or four years out um, and the problems are, the need is so much larger than... you know, than ever before. And I think it's even more important to kind of think about, you know, we kind of think about mental health and mental illness and mental illness kind of almost like in a, you know, a subcategory of um, things. But what what we're seeing now is every office, every classroom, everyone is, I, I'm looking forward to meeting people who aren't struggling because everyone I come across has had, You know, either if they didn't have something pre-COVID that just the earth shaking and things have just kind of disrupted, Um, you know, kids have had education disrupted. You know, all these different things Mm -hmm. that we don't even – I don't think we even really know how bad or how much of the problem is here Um, because a lot of people have encountered things that –
0: That we don't know yet,
1: I mean – you know i think of like the anxiety levels that um you know just the anxiety levels among young people are higher than they've ever been um you know uh i think uh what was i reading somewhere like we're like school absenteeism is skyrocketed. Mm-hmm. So kids – and that's through elementary, junior high, high school, college. Um, kids just not going to class yeah. or not like being able to go to class. Just or.
0: not being able to do it, right? Yeah. But, but I think what you spoke to is that person in the back of the room that says, I'm not really seen or heard. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And And yet if you have something that's a safe space for them to come into to go – maybe I'm not learning this way or I can't learn this way because there's too much anxiety, but maybe if I can just have a place to talk about it, right. Or have a friend bring me to somewhere that I can talk about it.
1: Yes. And I think, uh, yes, I would agree that having the safe spaces are definitely important. Having these, these places where people can come and talk. But I think also we need to get it to the kitchen tables. We need to get it to, you know, one of the things I was talking with, a. Um, Um, another colleague of mine. I'm like, you know, if we're not talking about this at church, if we're not talking about this at work, if we're not talking about it at home, like the, we're not going to solve the problem because the problem is so much bigger than just like, oh, we're going to have an agency that's focused on this, or we're going to have a group that advocates that this is impacting everyone. And even people that don't know they're being impacted have been impacted and it's like you know but we just like we, we kind of keep it in this little well you know it's it's kind of like when they do like the you know uh, the month thing like this month we're going to it's like and then they don't talk about it for 11 right. more months and it's like
0: it's like we're it's like a mandatory go, Wait training Wait like if
1: you've ever been on like a <laughs> job it's like all right we're gonna train you on this for an hour and then uh, we'll come back to it next year. It's like year. your
0: business plan you get it out in January and then yeah. you go oh it's December i haven't even looked at it. Yeah.
1: And that to me i think is where i where i worry is i mean there is obviously different um, you know generational differences between how people talk about things mm-hmm. um and how young people are being impacted by a variety of different things and even the young workforce like if you look at workforce absenteeism and you know just there's almost like a uh, it's almost like there's a barricade between us getting back to and I don't know that we'll ever get back to the way we were um, but I think that a lot of young people and young professionals and families and young kids and teenagers that everyone has been impacted at some level. But we don't really know what to do about that. Mm -hmm. We don't know how we didn't know how to have the conversations before. Mm -hmm. And so to think that we have this now we have this problem that we're just going to magically know how to talk about things and open up, you know, these conversations is very difficult. So it's almost like, how do we, And that's really where I think a lot of the Connection Cafe trainings have been, like, it's really been a lot about how do you have these conversations? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, how do you talk to, you know, yourself or people in your family? Um, You know, how do you open up those conversations at work? How do you open up those conversations in your peer groups? And how do you, um, you know, how do you open up those conversations in your classroom? You know, because because that's kind of the thing too. Is like no one's talking about it, so no one's talking about it, and it's so there has to be a place where you know, um, you know, people are bringing up these, you know, like I think like work, like that's the big one. Like I don't know that anyone I, I've worked in, I've worked in the helping world most of my life,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and I don't really remember a lot of us checking in with each other mm-hmm. in the helping world. And do
0: you think? The younger generation, like the kids that are in college now, are they, do you think if you give them a safe space, they're more equipped to reach out to older people and their family and recognize the symptoms of mental health? Do you think that's kind of an awareness piece too, that maybe they're, maybe to reach out to their friends or their own family members that they may not have maybe recognized before?
1: Um, I hope they are. Mm -hmm. I mean, I hope that. I think there's an inherent fear. It, um, I think mental illness scares people more than uh, most other illnesses. Um, one, we don't think of it as an illness. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we kind of you know, dismiss it as you know, just get over it, choose different things, you know, smile. You have everything to live for. Um, and so I don't. I don't know that we don't. I don't know that we know how to talk about it because we don't really know what we understand about it. Mm-hmm. And I know, um, it's terrifying, especially I think for parents, um, uh, when you're, um, you know, when your kid's struggling, you, know, you want to fix it. And I think that's a lot of where there are no quick solutions. And I think that is very, you know, that bothers us that it's because, because it's not like other illnesses. If you're, you know, if you're sick and I give you medicine, you get better then the medicine's working and we just keep down that path. Um, where I think mental health is more of a, um, you know, there's not necessarily a clear path to like, is this ever going to be, is it going to just go away? Is it going to get better? Is it going to get worse? How do
0: you measure it, right? How do you measure it? Mm
1: -hmm. Um, And I think that there's sometimes a, um, you know, I think about my own uh, family and sharing my own thoughts and feelings on my own mental health, and there's nothing worse than trying to express that you're feeling a very uncomfortable thought or feeling in someone then telling you that you're not mm-hmm. feeling that or thinking that and then editing.
0: <laughs> you're erasing that part of your memory. It's, right? like,
1: it's like, like, I'm really sad today. Well, you shouldn't be. Well, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> Thank you. Now that you mentioned that, I guess I'm not sad. Um, and so I think it's really the, we have to, And that's the thing is there might not be really any clear cut solution. And I think that's really where I struggle and why I think the cafe was such a, um, so I live in, so I work in Danville, Illinois, um, and I don't know if you know much about Danville. So it's a former GM town Mm -hmm. um, and you know, our county struggles with, you know, a lot of different uh, mental health issues and uh, substance abuse issues. Um, and there's no solution. Like, there's no, like, um, you know, we've been talking about the shortage of mental health professionals. Um, so, like, in my, count, my we're in Danville, I think, on average in the United States, there's um, one clinical person for, like, every 256 people. In the U.S., uh, I think in my county, at least from the, the health report I read not too long ago, it's like 400, 456 people per, for, one. per one mental wow. health provider. So it's, like, so it's like this exceptionally horrible ratio <laughs> of like, even if you want, and that's I think another problem that we don't really think about is there's lots of people that want to get help. But what happens a lot of times is wanting to get help and having access to help aren't always the same thing. And, you know, I, that to me, I think is very, um, troubling because there's lots of people that want to be healthy and be well, but the people and the things that you need to be healthy and be well, aren't accessible to you. And so the, um, one of the reasons why I really focused on, there were two things I wanted to accomplish with the connection cafe. One, I truly believe that, people know when you're being genuine and people know when you're putting your best foot forward. Mm-hmm. And, um, so, um, my wife, uh, so she had never seen my espresso machine. Mm-hmm. I brought it home this uh, Thanksgiving.
0: <laughs> it's so great. I want Joe to show a yeah, picture of that for it's, us it's massive. It's awesome. And
1: <laughs> it's a, I mean, it's a commercial grade, like just like you would find in a coffee shop. Mm-hmm. And first question was, well, how many coffee, how many coffee machines do we own? And I'm like, well, how many did you see in the video? Because I don't want to <laughs> like, if you, saw, if you saw three, then we have three. <laughs> if you saw six, then we have six. But I'm, um, but the idea was that I could have started the cafe and threw together some Folgers coffee in a pot. But what I really wanted to do was figure out a way to give you the highest and best product so that You know that I'm giving you something that's truly good because I want to give you. I don't, it's
0: comes down to value, you know. It's like
1: like when you go, like when you go somewhere, you know, you're giving you know that they're cutting corners, Mm -hmm. and you can feel like, What what, was I not worth the good coffee? Like, and so it's like, not only do I want you to have top quality coffee, I want you to have. Top quality coffee in a safe environment with peers, people from, so we had students interacting with people from the community. We had administration there. We had, you know, uh, organizational leaders were there. And it's like, we're all coming together over this product. And then the other thing that I wanted to accomplish was I didn't want to create another barricade that, well, I can't afford to buy the coffee, so I can't go to the event. Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of in this really weird place where I'm like, if you want to make high-end coffee, it's expensive. Right. But simultaneously, I want to make high-end coffee, but I don't want to exclude people because they can't afford to pay for it. And so that was one of the first obstacles that I faced was how do I give you a great product, a novel idea, a good, comfortable Atmosphere and environment, and also make it completely free, mm-hmm. which sounds simple. Like it really does. It's like it's why great did I for think the of idea that? Guy, yeah, it's right? a great idea. Like most people, I don't think talk to be cured. I think they talk to be heard. Right. And there's a power in just someone you saying, you know what? Today's a rough day. You know, today I'm struggling. Um, and someone just responding with, okay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's okay to not be okay. I mean, that whole, it's not, it's okay to not be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I think is, is we all need our person. You have to have your person. Um, and that's another charge I would, um, or something that I would you know, ask people to do in the new year is find your person and find the person that needs you. And you don't have, you don't need a whole team, but you need someone that, you know, if you check in with or they check in with you, you're going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just who's that person? And finding that person or finding that outlet or finding that process, even if you don't need it, it's kind of like the old, uh, what was the old? um, It's better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So, and the same thing with relationships, it's better to have a person that you can lose it with, even if you don't need them. But it's not going to be good if you need to lose it with someone and you don't have someone. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there's, there's all of those, those processes that I think, yeah, I and mean, go hang out with people. <laughs> go drink coffee with people. Go start random conversations. <laughs> I mean, I, I do that a lot. I start a lot of random conversations. Um, but I also like to talk to people.
0: So well, I, but I think it's, it's so important. I, um, I appreciate your time. This has been awesome. Yeah. This has well, been thank awesome. you. I want to help get the word out for you because I think people can replicate this. It doesn't have Absolutely. to be complicated. And like you said, it starts with an idea and then you just figure out what happens next. Right? Mm. Be surrounded by the people that can help you.
1: That's right. Yeah. There you go. Find yeah. your people. Yeah. So, or find your person.
0: Find your person. Yeah. John, thank you so much You're for welcome. your time. Thanks we're gonna, for hanging out. Yeah, this has, been, this has been great.
1: And the Joe. Joe the, in the back.
0: And the Joe. And the Joe. You guys, thank you so much also for, for tuning in today to Everyday Business Leaders. Um, I know you were inspired to think and grow differently. Um, maybe for your business, right? How you can get something like this involved in your own community. Because that journey of growth and innovation, it never ends. And we need people like John that inspire us to think of ideas to say, We could do that too. So I'm really excited to to get this episode out. And remember to subscribe to our channel so that you never miss an episode. This is Melanie Ake signing off from JP the Geek Studio, where better IT service is just a call away. They say own it, secure it, and protect it. Until next time, remember, Everyday Leaders helps you to develop strategies to become a better leader in your life. It's not what you do in a day. It's what you do every day that makes the most impact. Happy New Year, and thanks for tuning in.